Hi, I'm Dr. Amy Robbins, and welcome to Life, Death, and the Space Between podcast. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist and medium, and here we explore life, death, consciousness, and what it all means. Nikki Allen is a born psychic medium coming from many gifted generations before her. She officially started her psychic work 27 years ago. For 18 years, she was a major investigative bereavement trained detective who dealt with murder victim families and rape victims. She was medically retired in 2003 from an injury on duty and by public demand achieved a very high profile in the spiritual industry in 2005 to present day as a full-time psychic medium and angel expert. Nikki is noted for her international appearances on radio and TV programs. Nikki has been a freelance paranormal writer regularly published in mainstream magazines. Nikki is highly regarded as a grounded psychic medium, having the uniqueness of her police career to add to her attributes, which no other spiritual author has. With her new lifestyle following a catastrophic road accident, it is now time for her to share her knowledge with the masses through her written word. Her new book, M.E., Me, Myself, and I, Diary of a Psychic, is now available. Welcome, Nikki. Hello, my darling. That sounded so impressive. I didn't know you were talking about me. Hi, we made it to March. So now you have your March public service announcement. If you have not rated and reviewed the podcast yet, please do so. Also subscribe. You can do that wherever you get your podcasts, Instagram, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, anywhere. Also, my course is coming. It is going to begin April 19th. So that will be the first day of the course. If you are not signed up for my newsletter yet or have not put yourself on the wait list for the course, you will not hear much about it. If you are on my newsletter and wait list, you will hear a lot about it. So make sure you do that. Sign up at dramyrobbins.com. Also, please make sure you follow me on Instagram at Dr. Amy Robbins and stay tuned for another great month full of amazing podcast episodes. I feel like, I don't know if you guys feel this way, but the content keeps getting better. So hopefully you're enjoying it and here's to springtime. It is impressive. You've done a lot and you've experienced a lot. I have, from a very young age, to be honest with you. I've had a very diverse life, but I've always survived and thrived, which is amazing. So tell (laughs) us, because you were a pretty active psychic for many years, and then you became ill, uh, pretty pretty severely ill. Can you tell us about what that experience was like for you, sort of being a psychic and having spirit information and then getting very sick with a physical illness? Do you know, it's from, from a very young age, even though I wasn't aware until I saw my dad for the first time, um, he, he died in a road accident himself. There seems to be a road accident theme in my Stay family. Stay off the road. Stay off the road. No, exactly. Walk, for goodness sake. Take the fields, not the highway. And, um, you know, I saw him and then I knew that obviously I would be able to because my granddad told me that I'd be able to see spirit people um, and angels and all sorts of beings from other frequencies. And so I kind of um, had it as a, as a, some people say it's a gift and it's extraordinary. To me, it felt like it was the same as breathing. 
So I always had this different consciousness continually communicating with me for my own good sometimes, which I hardly listen to as, as depicted in my book, <laughs> um, and obviously to help others. And as you say, it was 27 years ago now that I started to actually use it to assist and help people bring comfort and bereavement. To me, it was the most magical thing um, to have people that I knew passed over proof beyond any doubt that they were there. Even when I was a detective in the police force, seeing murder victims as I walked in to tell the family that, you know, their son had been shot. And then I'm seeing him standing in the corner. Mm. It was a environment you know because I was kind of like trying to be this professional police officer but on the same token I'm seeing the murder victim in the room with his grieving family so it was very hard to juggle that but I mastered it I, I tended to have an attraction to helping people through bereavement and I had an attraction of showing them strengths and being there rock if you like during the worst time of their lives and if they were open to it some people I indeed did implement spiritual knowledge to them and let them know obviously you know their families had continued even though they'd lost their lives and it led to me touring around europe and um, the uk working with the best mediums and to be honest with you at the time before the accident i i couldn't i i, I couldn't feel even more lucky if i tried the problem was i identify now was i wasn't living it for myself I was giving it to everybody else. I had no sense of boundaries, of self-esteem, of self-worth. So I was giving and giving and giving to everybody. The road accident, when it took place, I have to say I plummeted into the darkest abyss of depression, anxiety, um, and I lost my motivation to live um, because it obviously left me in bed, homeless. I lost every material attribute I had possibly mm -hmm. ever gained. Um, I just had my two dogs, um, I had two dustbin bags, I was sofa hopping with this horrific condition that I always thought it was terrible, Amy, because, you know, I'd been given the diagnosis after a year of tests and, you know, they said, this is what you've got. And I used to be, I thought it was, you know, just a bit of tiredness. And I used to think of people that said they had ME, CFS, you know, chronic fatigue syndrome and fibromyalgia. And I'm thinking, get over it, you know, take a painkiller and get back to work. But it literally takes you physically, mentally, emotionally and spiritually. And so when I was left with this illness, lost everything, lost my friends and everything else, my thought process turned to disregarding anything spiritual. And so all of these voices and these presents and the visitations I've had since I was a child, I put down to hallucinations. I put down to me making it up because I had so much trauma in my life and I convinced myself that I was creating this fantasy world to get me through life and that's how bad it got. I completely lost my faith and so I say to people, you know, lots of people email me and talk to me and say, look, you know, you know, I'm just, my husband's died and I really want to get it, you know, get him to contact me and I really want to see a sign but their mental state is so deep and so down and so in crisis that their energy as you will know as a medium their energy plummets and so they can't raise their vibration to connect with the spirit world and so because i couldn't do that i assumed they'd forsaken me and then i went on because i could handle the fact they've forsaken me i then went on to to this self-belief system they don't exist it's a load of rubbish i've kidded myself this whole time 
And so during those first few years or the first couple of years of being completely bed bound in 24 seven agonizing teeth, gritting pain and exhaustion um, with a plethora of symptoms that took place from hour to hour from losing your sight to going deaf to dizziness, balance problems, incontinence, muscle spasms, insomnia. There was just countless amounts of symptoms. The more that I plummeted down physically, the more that I just left that spiritual essence behind. I did not want to play. I did not want to play in their playground anymore. And as far as I was concerned, once you die, you die. That was it. I literally turned into this skeptical, bitter, angry, defeated person. I had nothing to live for. The doctors had told me, um, which is a really stupid thing to tell you, but they told me that, you know, you've had this for over a year now from the road accident, you're not going to get better. So as far as I was concerned, my prognosis was to be in my bed forever, amen. And wow. so that then led me to the suicidal thoughts of what's the point then? I might as well take myself over because, you know, there's nothing here, nothing's going to help me. So you and just spiraled what, down. Absolutely, spiraled down to the darkest pit of despair. I never, ever want to go back there. And, you know, I was just saying to you, Amy, you know, we had to cancel this or postpone this for a couple of times because, you know, I went into a relapse straight after Christmas, no doubt, because I really did do a lot over Christmas, had a lovely time with family. And so my body went, you know what, I've had enough of that. And so the difference now is, though, compared to then, is that even though I was in a relapse where my body was physically exhausted and in pain, not nowhere near as close as it used to be, Mentally, I was absolutely fantastic. I was as happy and abundant as I always am. And I actually connect with my inner child now. And rather than hate it and resent it and mourn my old life, I've learned to adapt, accept and say, what do you want, darling? What's the matter with you? How can I help you? So I have this empathy for my inner child now and what it requires and what it needs. I've never been so in contact with myself and my body Ever. And so I would say to people that do have chronic illness, um, you know, obviously I give tips in the book on how to, you know, deal with it with homeopath treatments and, and mental um, mindfulness exercises. But the main part of it is, is that you have to have self-love. You have to love yourself enough to accept what's happened, surrender your old life and then adapt to whatever is going on now. So what I've done is I used to go traveling around, as I said, touring in theaters to 5,000 strong people. I had the world at my feet. I was being offering all these wonderful TV opportunities. I was just about to come over to the US to do a tour there. I was then going to Australia after that. It was just magnificent. You know, the material world was giving me everything I'd ever dreamed of so that I could get my message across to people, which was the afterlife is real. Heaven is real. You do not die. You cannot die for the life of you. You will literally go on. Um, and then to suddenly have this nothingness where I had nobody to feed my ego anymore, you know, all these lovely fans and people, nobody to feed my ego anymore. I was stripped bare and I had to face me for the first time in my life ever. And that meant dealing with all the trauma from my past, which you'd understand as a psychologist. I feel so honoured talking to you. I feel like I should be laying on the couch telling you <laughs> my woes. Well, but I think it's so interesting that one, 
there, there's just to me like so many interesting metaphors, like the M-E, you know, me, the the, yes. the illness and what yes. that metaphorically, you know, the, the letters of it is like me and focusing yes. on you. But I also want to, I want to make clear to people because I think sometimes when people come down with an illness and we say, well, what role not what role did you play in it, but what can you do about it? People feel a little bit victimized, like this happened to me. And I think you said something really important, which is this is now where you are. How do you accept it and move forward from it? Um, and, And maybe let go of what vision you had of what your life was going to look like to accept this new, this new reality. That's absolutely right. And do you know what? That is why I put it in the title, me, because I view this as a blessing. I certainly didn't at the time when I was first diagnosed. However, it is a blessing because if you are someone like I was, this is why I was so raw in the book and showed you how mixed up I was in in relation to my choice in relationships, my choice in my lifestyle, because it showed how much I really didn't appreciate or love myself. And then to go over to the surrender part, this is a grieving process. I've noticed also a very high percentage of people with ME, um, CFS and fibromyalgia are driven professional people that don't give themselves a chance to relax or connect in with themselves. They're forever driving forwards. And, you know, I, I noticed that the more people connected with me through forums, they were all these really busy people that never thought for a minute that they may have to, you know, connect in and see if there's anything that needed sorting out or grieving. So I, the number one thing that stopped me from getting anywhere was victim mode. I was full of self-pity. I was a victim and I was angry at the world and I did feel like it all happened to me. But once through the dream states and the visitations that started because they obviously thought, God, she's there's no help in this girl. We're going to have to really help her out. Um, but when the visitation started and the dream started and the guidance started from um, that lot up there, I call them, which are the guides, my loved ones from the spirit world and the angel realms, they kind of taught me the first thing I need to do is surrender. And, you know, in the book, it's very poignant, Diane, and it's making me go goosey now. Um that I surrendered, it was freezing, darling. It was around about this time of year and I was naked in a cemetery. <laughs> and I felt that I had to show vulnerability, vulnerability. like I, I needed to be a blank canvas. I needed to show my vulnerability as we do when we're born and when we pass, you know, we're naked at the end of the day. And I wanted to show this nakedness under the full moon and surrender and say, right, well, I'm not gonna kill myself because I don't wanna leave my two dogs. You need to help me now. I surrender and hand myself over. And that's when the grieving process started. So I'd say to anybody that's been given a chronic illness diagnosis or find themselves in that situation, you have to grieve and accept that your life is changing. You have to. You have to accept what can I do now? And so, you know, I I obviously am a pioneer for this because, you know, I wasn't an expert thinking, right, I'll change my life now. This took a matter of years for me to learn this. But... By grieving my old life, accepting that was my life then and this is mine now and and obviously honouring that and thinking, what can I now do in this situation? 
And so a lot of people that I connect with in forums or who email me or, you know, message me through YouTube or whatever um, social media site, they find craft projects, they find new jobs that they can do from their home because we are pretty much housebound, most of us. And so the angel realms taught me, even though I didn't want to, they taught me that I would have to start writing and doing things like this, which is manageable for me. And don't get me wrong, you know, when I am well, I, now and then I do the odd demonstration of mediumship, perhaps in a local, you know, hall here or something. But made the main theme of what I need to do now is, is turn into an author, a writer, share my experiences of the afterlife, but also share my experiences and give a guiding hand to people that find themselves in crisis and in, you know, this, this state of not knowing where to go. And I can't believe, I think it's the most perfect time for this book to come out because of lockdown, um, with our pandemic, people are losing their sense of um, self worth they're, they're perhaps losing their jobs they're losing their homes they're losing because they're being faced with themselves aren't they for the first time ever they can't be distracted by going down the gym or going out with their girlfriends for lunch or you know they have to stay in and start facing themselves there's only so many box sets you can watch before <laughs> in your mind start right. saying cope with this darling you know, and so I was almost forced to cope with it through dream state. You know, my trauma when I was abused during my teenage years, they replayed it every single night until I eventually accepted what happened. And I then became the victor in the dreams. They were very lucid. It was lucid dreaming. And then that ended. And then it will be past relationships. And it will be me losing my career as a police officer, which was the biggest devastation of my life, second to what happened in the road accident. And so they, they were pioneering me, taking me through this guinea pig process of healing so that I could put it in a book and also sit in my PJs in my bed and talk about it and all other things spiritual on my YouTube channel. So they kind of changed my way of working as my dad predicted, who visited me back in 2014, prior to all of you know it getting really bad. And he told me, this is going to be horrendous. You know, you're going to be going through the darkest time of your life, but you will work so differently when you come out of this. And I thought, how am I going to do that? Sitting in bed most of the time and being housebound. And they have, they've found a way. And for me to get a book out there that went to number one on Amazon in my genre, it's just incredible. Because in those, in that time process of like eight years, I've, you know, I had hundreds of thousands of followers and I had a big social media presence and whatever I wanted to do, I could. And then suddenly I was this nobody that had to build up this profile to say, hey, do you want to read my book? So <laughs> it, it sounds like what you're saying is, and, and I'm curious how, well, it sounds like what you're saying is in some ways the ego got the best of you and then yes. that was all stripped away. But yes. how how did you manage to still connect with spirit? Was that moment where you were naked and surrendering, the moment that shifted that uh, that yes. shifted your vibration that then allowed you to connect? Absolutely. As you'll see me myself and I, I after that surrender the following morning there was a food hamper on my doorstep and I thought where has this come from and then suddenly that surrender the word and the action of surrender set off all of these events including um, a bit later on I used to live literally um, I lived in a lodge in a cemetery which was an old Victorian house um, and they used to be guys that used to come in and you know cut the lawns in the cemetery 
And for the first time, within a couple of weeks of surrendering, the first time in years, I saw a spirit person standing next to him. And it really did test me because I actually had the courage, even though I was in my pajamas, I'd come out. It was a nice, and I said, do you know this lady? She's like in a beige suit and she's talking about the name June and she's talking about blah, blah, blah. And he's going, no. I said, but she's saying like she's your mother or mother-in-law. No. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm rubbish. So that sent me back down again on my ego a bit. Mm. And I thought, what's out then? You, you know, you're kind of there, but you've made me look an idiot. But amazingly, two days later, I was well enough to go to a local community place that I used to teach at, spiritual uh, workshops. And there was a lady that come up to me and said, oh, Nikki, how are you? I used to come to your shows and your workshops. And I went, I'm okay. And then I looked at her and I said, and she got, oh, she said, I haven't been out for months because my mum passed and I found it really difficult. And then in my mind, I see this lady from two days ago. Turns out the man who was I was talking to was her husband. And it was his mother-in-law I was describing. So first thing I said to her was, have you got someone called David? This is my husband. I went, oh my God, your mum was with me two days ago. And I said, and she was in this beautiful beige suit. She went, oh my God, we buried her in that. And I said, she said it was really important around a wedding. She goes, yes, you wore it at my wedding. And again, making me go goosey. And I went, yeah. oh my goodness, this is, they're real. Mm -hmm. They're showing me, they're backing it up. You know, it's not just someone saying yes to me. Synchronicity took me to a completely different location. And of, against all the odds, the wife of the man I'd been talking to approached me. So I thought, this is incredible. So that boosted me into this, my God, how could I possibly ever imagined I was on my own? I'm not alone. And that's when it just came. It was literally one thing after another. My nan coming from the spirit world, giving me a drug to take, low dose naltrexone that got me out of bed. And before I knew it, I was around driving and going to see my mum. And she lived like a few hours away. She couldn't believe I'd recovered so well. And then they would say, right, we're going to find you a home now. So and we're going to find I, I think what's interesting and what people sometimes I think it's important for people to hear is that the way that spirit guides you, you have to be open to like spirit yes. didn't show up and like drop a pill bottle in your lap, right? Like there must've been a series of things that happened that allowed you to see that this was the next step you needed to take. Absolutely. That after the surrender and the acceptance, I then, it's a very simple visualization. What I would do every morning is so I say, is there anything you want to bring to me? And I have this visualization where I have kind of like an open plan apartment. And I've been using this since I was a teenager. And I walk through the door, I go through, I take a huge um, orange orb that I put into my solar plexus. And then I sit down on this really cool white sofa. And then I go, right, what do you want to bring me? And I started, because I was so excited by the things that were happening. I started opening my consciousness up with this visualization every morning to say, what would you like to bring me? Not every day would they deliver or show me anything, but then the synchronicity started to come because I was open to it again. People think that their loved ones or heaven or whatever, you know, kind of thing that you connect with leave you or they, you know, they've got the, they, they get, um, perhaps irritated with you. They don't want to work with you anymore. It's not. It's your consciousness, your mindset and your energy that switches off to them. They are there all of the time. And that's the one thing I learned. 
So by just doing that simple visualisation and honouring them and saying, right, I know you're here now. I'm really sorry I had a bit of a blip, you know, but you can understand why. Um, but bring, come to me, bring me whatever you need to bring me. And now I automatically do it every morning. I do three things I'm grateful for. And I say, is anything you want to show me or do for me, do it. And then the synchronicity is coming. You know, I, I've established a, a, my spiritual animals, a bee, a bee. One landed on me every single day in the summer to the, to the extent where my family and friends went, what? Everywhere you go, there's a bee. Even when I went on holiday and came back, there was a bee in the car. And that had been there for like two weeks in the car at the airport. And even my friend bought me a bee totem on, on, a, on a chain. And so even literally two weeks ago, I had to drag myself out of my bed to go and pick my prescription up because my friend was at work and couldn't do it. And I felt really, really down. And I thought, God, this is really hard. Where are you? And my goodness, as soon as I got out of the car to get to the pharmacy, there was a bright yellow car next to me with bees painted all over it. And have you ever seen that before? And I'm no, like, no, that is insane. And then I came back home, and even though it's really bad weather and bees aren't around at the moment, a bumblebee um, literally flew past the window just to back up the synchronicity of the car. And so what I'll say is, you know, you just it's not about fit, you know, trying to get everything to fit. Do you know what I mean? Where you think, oh, that's a sign, that's a sign, that's a sign. It's a personal journey for you that when you start seeing these little subtle synchronicities, but they happen in a day or they happen in two days, you think, I'm not alone here. Because they know we need physical stimuli to keep our faith, if you like. So they will show us perhaps numbers, 333, 1111 are my numbers at the moment. They will show us synchronicities or a name of a person that's passed in a vehicle registration number over here, or you'll see a picture or a name that you think, wow, that's my dad, or you'll hear music. So they know they have to bring these synchronicities in to keep your faith going. But if as long as you keep your mind active and open to the possibility that they're there all the time, which they are, as long as you raise your vibration, by doing things that make you happy. This is what I do a lot on my YouTube channel, how to make yourself feel positive, even if you're having a really pants day. And so, you know, as I said to you, I've got my essential oils burning here um, for pain because I've researched everything about essential oils. I have a water feature that my partner bought me, which I adore, which is a fairy with all lights on it. I've got my dragonfly tree that I turn on every day and I imagine the magic coming out of that and bringing energy to me. I have photos of people that make me happy and memories of things that make me happy. I've even put on perfume that um, relates to my diving in the Caribbean. I wear a particular perfume on holiday, so I've sprayed that around me. So the more that you can adopt positivity and mindfulness in every day, even if you're stuck indoors with lockdown, the more your vibration is being kept raised for them to then come in and show you stuff. Or they can come and visitation earlier on. I saw a shadow go past the door. It doesn't matter if you know who it is or not. It's just the fact that you are not alone and that when you ask, things come to you. Again, they taught me about cosmic ordering, you know, and I, I drew a picture of a house I really wanted to be in in the Caribbean because that's my place. Caribbean and diving is my, oh my goodness, it's one passion, adore the sea. And they said, draw where you'd like to be. And then two years later, I found myself in that house in the Caribbean. And just as I entered the gate, it was a random lady that I'd met through my friend who said, oh, I'm buying a new house. Do you want to come and see it? 
and it was exactly how I drew it with a lagoon at the at the back with a key for a, a boat to go on where the swimming pool was even where there was a dead gecko in the middle of the lounge I'd drawn I'd drawn that two years ago and I said I'd like to be there please and then I let it go so now I've learned about the fact that you can order abundance because you deserve it it's all about self-love and so I say I'd like that please and it's all for the greater good you know it's not worth saying mm-hmm. can I win the lottery but you think, do you know what? It's like, for instance, um, last year, I was really, really struggling with a manual vehicle car because it was like using my arm and my leg. And it was really, you know, if I was on a long journey, I'd be in a lot of pain by the end of it. So I thought I need an automatic car. But then I thought, well, I haven't got any credit. But I thought, well, no, I deserve this because it's going to help me. So thank you. Could you bring this to me, please? And then within an hour, I saw this car, just an upgrade of my other one. And I thought, I'm going to have that. And then I just applied for the credit, didn't think I'd get it. And within a week, I had my new car sitting on the drive. You know, it's, it's, and as I say, it all goes down to positivity and self-love. If you feel you believe and deserve um, a way to thrive in a life you find yourself in that's different from what you planned, if you deserve to be happy, if you feel you deserve the best relationships, the best friends around you, the universe will deliver that. That's what I've learned. And do you feel like... It has, it, I think it has delivered you wellness, I guess. I mean, you still struggle with illness, but you're also well. But in some ways, it's because you're, you've been willing to accept a lot of what has come to you. Yes. For good or for bad. Absolutely. You've got, you know, you, at the end of the day, we're here on human experience. It's not going to be love and butterflies the whole way through, is it? And so the, the aim of the game is to obviously try and be as positive. We all have rubbish days. Let's face it. We all feel rubbish and crap. So that's great. Just get the chocolate out, put a box set on and just have fun, you know. Mm-hmm. But there's other times where, yes, we do get challenges come. And the aim of the game, as I always say, is you can fall down a hundred times, but just concentrate on the hundred first time that you get up. So it's, it's, it's not focusing on the negative things. You know, I recently had an email from someone in the US and um, who said, oh, I really want to, I really want to get this property. Why am I not getting it? Why can't I have this particular house? And I said, well, perhaps the universe wants something different for you. So because people are like wanting things and not getting it, they're lowering their vibration. Why aren't I getting it? I really want that. No. So that would be really nice. Thank you very much. And let it go and continue living in this positive vibration. If it comes, it comes. If it doesn't, it wasn't meant to be. So if I ever get anything that upsets me, frustrates me, yes, as a human person, we get the hump, don't we? Or we get frustrated. But then you have to look at the bigger picture and say, do you know what, does it really matter? Is it really going to affect me? Am I happy? Am I loved? Have I got good people around me? Yes. Then that will just be a bonus. And so you know, those sound know. like making sure that you're coming from, not not coming from ego. Absolutely. Ego is the worst thing. You know, and again, it affects us as mediums. You know, the biggest problem I had with students over the 30 years I've been teaching is, Oh, no, I don't know if I've got it right. Oh, I don't know if I'm good enough. Oh, she's developing better than me. Why don't I know my, my guide's name? And all this ego creates such a problem for us. And I, I actually describe it because I, I spoke to my guide about this, Julianus, and said, what, you know, how do we get past this ego system as a human when we're trying to be spiritual and trying to teach other people this lightness that we feel ourselves? And he said, 
there are two parts of our soul that divide up. The bottom part is all ego-based. That's your base chakra, sacral, because it's all to do with dealing with down-to-earth things, you know, sensuality, relationships, you know, working, getting a job, home security, and all that. It's all base chakra. And he said, that's called the lion. And he said, the heart above, which is obviously your crown chakra, third eye, it's all divine connection, is called the mouse. And he said, the aim of what you need to do is make the mouse roar louder than the lion. He said, because as soon as any situation you find yourself in, ask yourself, is it the bottom half, the lion that's roaring through, that's not fair, I want this, I want that, why has she got it, why haven't, and all this ego comes in, all this self-doubt and all the negative belief systems, is that roaring louder than the mouse that says, this has come here for a lesson, just take it, learn it and move on. So I always look at what's roaring the loudest, the mouse or the lion. And if the lion's roaring, I have to sit down and have a word with myself and allow the mouse to speak, which is look at the bigger picture. Is it that important? Is it gonna affect you? Can you change it? If you can, change it and stop moaning. If you can't, accept it, take it as one of those hits in life, move on, don't focus on it. Don't focus on something you can't change or makes you mad. Look at it and think, yeah, that's not great, but you know what? That can be shelved in the do I really care and I'll look at other things that are going to make me happy it's just about you know compartmentalizing every aspect of your life your experiences your thought processes your self-belief system and looking at what is real and what isn't and this is the thing ego always makes you sometimes change concept of reality when something happens you think oh that's just going to muck me up I'm not going to get anything I'm going to lose my job are you really or are you just kind of adding that in to make it even more dramatic that's the lion roaring. Well, yeah, I am actually. Are you going to lose your job? No. Are you going to lose your money? No. Are you going to lose your house? No, not really. Like, well, shut up then. That's <laughs> what I say to myself. Mm-hmm. Pull that over to that. Do you know what? I'm not happy, but it's really not going to sink me and focus on the positive things and let the universe sort that out. You know, I'm very much a universal energy type person as well now. Well, and I think what's so miraculous and what I want people to take away from this is that it isn't one or the other. It's not all spirit and no human. It's the combination of the two. It's the, okay, I'm here to live. This is my life. Here's what I'm, here's the information that I'm getting from spirit to help guide me. But but that you have to embody, I'm really big in embodiment right now, that you have to be embodying those lessons, that it's not about expecting spirit to just hand you life and make it easy. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. And this is what I try to tell people. As I say, I get hundreds of email every other day with people all over the world saying, this has happened. It's really bad. It's really bad. And I can't move on. How am I going to deal with this? What am I going to do? And you're like, do you know what? The universe has sent that. So it's either going to be a lesson, which in hindsight, you're going to go, wow, I'm really glad that happened. Or it's something that's asking you to say, can I, as I said, can I change it? No. Can I change it? Yes. Have the courage to change it or not. Very much like the serenity prayer. Mm -hmm. So I I kind of, you know, listen, that's one of the most powerful prayers I implement into my own self-belief systems. And when I analyze different situations happen around me. And so you're absolutely right. It's like just people focus on the wrong things in life. So the embodiment should be, I, I look at myself as a spirit person having a human experience and so I, and I look at 
whatever experience I have, whether negative or positive, why has it happened? Is it due to me reflecting that? Is it due to my problem? Or is it just something that comes along? There's nothing I can do about it. But, you, you know, you can do something about it. You, you can either focus on it and play victim and just sit in that energy for as long as you want. Why you would do that? I don't know. Or you just think, yeah, that's rubbish. But you know what? I'm better than that. I'm on a, I'm on a spiritual realm path if you like i'm having a human experience and that really isn't a major thing in the grand scheme of things and because i've lost everything materially as well now people say oh no I, you know but you know I've, I've got a really bad heart but i've got to keep working i've got to keep my house why just downsize does it really matter because i've gone and it's hard for people to accept that because i've gone through losing everything i know the only important thing in life is your emotional well-being happiness self-love and the love that you attract around you through your partners through your friend relationships everything else it doesn't matter because i've found that if you have this ultimate faith in the universal flow of what's going on around you karmic as well and also obviously the angel realm spirit world looking out for you and helping you and guiding you as much as you can obviously there's free will okay and that free will is how you deal with every challenge that comes to you Mm-hmm. Do you play the victim when you think, yeah, that sucks, but you know what, it doesn't matter. So that's what you've got to weigh up, first of all. And then as you move along, you just, I always look at the, the grand scheme of things and that tiny little human problem in one of the many, many lives that we incarnated in is a speck of salt in an ocean of possibility and endless um, lessons, isn't it? really, that one tiny little thing that really gets you down, like, oh, you know, I I just knocked my bumper on a tree. Oh, no, my car is scratched. Does it really matter? It's a material thing. You're not taking it with you. It's not making you ill. It's, it's not going to affect anybody apart from your consciousness if you let it. So let it go. Accept it. It's done. Move on. And as I say, when I try and tell people about does it really matter if you lose your house? Oh my God, yes, it's the be all and end all. No, because if you have a faith to know that you deserve to have a roof over your head, it will come. But it is it is hard to have that faith because mm. I now mm. I'm in a house I ordered. I literally am a minute from the beach, which I ordered. And every time I can, I get down there and I just thank the angel realms. I thank everybody in those different frequencies that guide me all of the time. And the other thing that I have to say for people listening is, is take on board what they're telling you. The times I speak to people and say, right, you're given this opportunity. Did you take it? Well, no, because I'm not good enough. Oh, no, I didn't think I'd get it. Oh, no, I'm not going to go for it. The universe brings you things. You've got to grab them as well and have a bit of faith now and then and go for them. Take the gamble because they wouldn't have come to you, would they, otherwise? So, mm-hmm. and that, But people, they disregard them. And so sometimes, you know, when I, I'm in my most closest conversations with either the angel realms or one of my spirit family, they say, we sent you the opportunity. Why didn't you take it? Oh, yeah, well, I couldn't be bothered. I was too busy feeling sorry for myself. No, we sent you that because that would have led you to meet this person that would have helped you do this. Do you see what I mean? Mm-hmm. So opportunities when they come, don't sit on them and allow your ego to fear opportunities that come to you. Accept them with grace and go for it. What's the worst that can happen? And let go of all of this materialism. Think of your happiness because I'm telling you, if you open your essence to faith, and the knowledge that you will be looked after, you will be. You know, I, I'm sure I put it in, me, myself and I, when I spoke about I didn't have any money, the boiler had broken down, it was freezing cold, I had absolutely no money whatsoever, and I went, 
I'm cold. The reason I need heat is because I'm in pain. Please help me because I was renting the place. The landlords were away and weren't doing anything and it was freezing cold. Even the dogs were shivering in their beds. And I went, you have to help me. I'm just sending it out there that I need heat, please. And then miraculously, I think it was within, within the day, I think it was within about two or three hours, I had a random payment go into my bank account that I still to this day don't know where it came from, have no clue, and it just covered me getting a plumber out to sort out a new boiler. Amazing. People think I'm making it up and I, you know, and I can imagine that, but it isn't. And perhaps I feel that you do this as well. I feel that you, you know, you're very nature orientated. So you get in your butterflies and your dragonflies and things happening on this natural aspect of your energy because you've got this elemental thing going on with you. And you just think, God, is that going to be okay? The kid's going to be okay. And then you'll get a butterfly go past. You'll be like, yeah. And that's all you need for you to keep that environment going of positivity and knowing it's going to come. Right. I think, yeah, I think it's exactly that, that you ask for it and you, you wait for it, ask for it and wait for it. So Nikki, if people want to find you, how can they find out about you? Where can they find your book? I'm assuming Amazon, like, like every other book out there. (laughs) Just put Nikki Allen. Remember it's A-L-I-N. Nikki Allen, obviously, if you want to look for the book on Amazon, um, my website is www.nikkiallen.co.uk. If you just put Nikki Allen in, you'll find all of my social media links. I do a plethora of spiritual um, philosophy lessons and guided meditations on my YouTube channel. I'm obviously on Facebook as well, which I use a lot and speak a lot on there as well. So literally, if you just type in my name, hopefully Google knows what it's doing. You'll find all of my connections there. And please come along if you're in pain or you need guidance or you just want me to address something on YouTube for you, please do. That's what I'm here for now. Well, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and experience (laughs) and health journey with us. Thank you for having me. It's been an absolute honor, my lovely. And you keep warm with all that lovely snow there. I know. I'm (laughs) going to try. I'm going to (laughs) try. Okay, my darling. God bless. Thank you. Take care of yourself. Bye now. Like what you heard today and want to hear more? Wondering what comes next and what it all means? Head over to Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or anywhere you get your podcasts and hit subscribe. Also, if you could take a minute to rate and review my podcast, I would really appreciate it. Stay tuned as we continue to explore life, death, and the space between.